Hello and welcome to Teaching English with the British Council Series 2. A podcast in which we try and provide solutions to some of the key questions being asked by English teachers around the world. Teaching English with the British Council. We are your hosts, we am Hamdan and Chris Salton. In each episode, we address one such question and attempt to answer it in two ways. Teaching English with the British Council. In the first part of each episode, we hear from a British Council project, programme or publication about something which is being done to address this issue. Across the 10 episodes of Series 2, we'll hear from teachers, trainers and researchers in a wide range of contexts, including Ukraine, Romania, Egypt and the United Kingdom. Teaching English with the British Council. In the second part, a leading English expert and practitioner will provide practical solutions which you can immediately try out wherever you work. Each episode of Teaching English is accompanied by a full transcript and show notes. These show notes provide additional information, a glossary of keywords, and links to relevant websites. Teaching English with the British Council This is episode 5. How can we use story to teach English effectively? Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Teaching English with the British Council. In this episode we look at how we can use story to teach English. Now, Wayam, in your teaching career, did you use story much when teaching your students? I did use it with both young learners and with adults. With young learners, I like to use the very hungry caterpillar. Have you... I know the story from my own childhood and also from my, my with my own children as well. Students love it, especially when you can give them the chance to make their own stories afterwards and draw what the caterpillar ate during the day. Okay. What's, what do you like so much about the very hungry caterpillar, William? For I those th- of our listeners who may not know the story. I think the visual of it, uh, students, students get excited once something transforms, you know, from a an ugly caterpillar to a butterfly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it attracts their attention. What is it about story that you think is so good for students? Why do they like it so much? Why is it such an engaging topic for them to use in the classroom? If we look at it, everything around us is based around stories. You know, the life is based around events and stories. And the more you engage with these stories, it's live material, it's authentic. When a teacher comes to the classroom and tells a story, I find it very intriguing and I would listen to them more carefully than, you know, a formal introduction. Okay. And in our interview this week, we are going to talk to Jamie Keddy. Now, Jamie is a Barcelona-based teacher, author and storyteller. And he's also the founder of Lesson Stream, a community of teachers and educators which explores the possibilities for using story to engage students to get them thinking creatively and communicating in English. Hello, Jamie, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. So first of all, Jamie, perhaps we could just begin by talking about what we mean by story, storytelling and so on. How do you see these different terms? 
It's a, it's a good place to start because in my experience, when you talk about storytelling, which is something I do a lot, teachers often assume that we're talking about teachers of young learners. Also using maybe folk tales or stories from a long time ago, but we're talking specifically about storytelling. I, I think about it in a much more broad way. Storytelling is something that can really come up and does any time in a lesson, let's say, can be led by the teacher, but it's a lot more flexible than this sort of special times for this special activity. I always think it's impossible to teach without using story in some way or another, because it's there in the authentic materials, it's there in the people, it's there in the language. So that's kind of how I differentiate the term. Storytelling is the thing and story is the thing that we do. The activity and story is the, the software, let's say. Why do you think using stories is such a useful strategy for teaching English language? It's impossible not to use story. And so really, it's about raising our awareness that that's what we're actually doing. If you ask your students, for, for example, what did you do at the weekend? That is using story. I think that really a story is really the way to unlock ideas and create curiosity and make human beings want to speak and talk and think. Um, and so that makes it such a great uh, approach for, for a language classroom. Teachers often think they can't do storytelling because they may not have the resources to do that. And mm. I think what you're saying and certainly where we're coming from as well is that, you know, you don't even need a text for story using story as it were. It's a more of a, an approach, a mindset and which taps on creativity and inclusivity and all those sorts of things really so i think i think it's quite nice to move away from thinking well i haven't got a graded reader in this so therefore i can't do it one of the the ideas is in order to unlock the discussion or the stories from students the teacher has to to kind of lead by example in a way i think this is one of the things that scares teachers they feel well i can't be the one doing the talking it's students you know but i think really it's we have to lead by example. We have to stop being scared of talking for short periods Absolutely. of times. My question then, my follow-up question, when you work with teachers or when you work with education systems and often in these textbooks, story is seen as just something that's a basis for reading comprehension, for grammar questions, for learning vocabulary and so on. The story is almost just a vehicle for these other broken down bits of of language learning how do you help teachers see the opportunities which story can bring if we're looking at authentic texts for example i think a lot of teachers would maybe be led to believe that we we turn away from the course book and onto authentic texts because they provide a source of authentic language we're drawn to authentic materials because that's where the best stories are My starting point is often to recognize this, to recognize that what we're working with is a story, how that actually, how human beings interact with that. When we're using video, for example, it's very easy to see the video as being something which is there on the screen that everybody's watching. It's maybe a, a digital file, an MP4 file, and it never changes. You can play it 10 times. It'll always be the same, but really that's not the resource. The resource is what's going on. 
in the minds of the students. If you've got 15 students in your class, you've got 15 different narratives taking place at once there. 16, if you include the teacher, story is always there in the class. The moment you set foot into the classroom, there's a kind of arc in the lesson. I mean, a good storyteller would never say to you, now today you're going to learn to use adverbs of frequency and you're going to do so so that you can Talk about things you like doing and say how often you like doing them. That would no no good storyteller would ever take that approach. Um, and yet, so often we um, are led to believe that we have to state our aims and objectives at the start of the lesson. Storytellers don't do that. They like to they like the audience to know they're going somewhere to get some kind of glimpse of that journey, let's say, but to keep a lot hidden back. And so, these are the kind of ideas that I, I'd love teachers to take away on the courses that I do. And that all sounds fantastic, but this contradicts a lot with what a lot of teachers around the world are expected to do in their sessions, where there are stated outcomes in syllabuses and all the rest of it. So how do you, how can we encourage teachers in those situations to follow some of the things you were talking about whilst not getting into trouble with their principal or their... (laughs) inspectors or whoever else it may be everything that we do that they do can be done it's just a case of strengthening the narrative or recognizing the story aspect within it to to give you an example back here i'm not saying that if the requirements dictate that we have to teach adverbs of frequency. I'm not saying we should not. I'm just saying there's different ways to do it. Don't let your students know that's where they're going, for example. I mean, I would prefer to go into the classroom and and tell students a very short story about something that I do and try to incorporate into the text some of the target language, in this case, adverbs of frequency that students are then required to to um, look at. And after the story, after a bit of discussion, then we can say, by the way, look at this language. I, I think, you know, as soon as you state your objectives at the start of the lesson, that's going to kill the story. A lot of students all over the world need to know what their objectives are. And I know that, um, but not all of them. I think that's an easy excuse for teachers to make that my students need to know they expect this. And I, I'm always, I know I've got lots of experience with students and I don't think they always do need to know that. I think a lot of students like a bit more of a surprise. They they liked that, that curiosity to be nurtured. So it's not about saying you take all this and throw it at the window. It's about doing what we do, but doing it better and doing it better specifically by recognizing the story and strengthening the narrative that accompanies it. Uh, yeah, and maybe giving them the chance towards the end of the lesson to articulate what were the aims of the lesson after listening to the story or working with the story. I think that is very beneficial for their learning. But it is often felt that storytelling is a more useful strategy with younger learners. Do you agree with that? And how can storytelling be used or adapted for older students? I've learned a lot from teachers of younger learners telling stories to their students, keeping them really, you know, active and engaged and curious. But that's only one way of doing it. I think if you think of older learners, adults or teenagers, to think that there's a time when story just stops is a big fiction. Think of the number of stories that will come up 
if you're at a job interview, if you're having a, a coffee with a friend. Stories are an incredibly important part of why we speak, why we communicate, why we talk. Teachers of of adults have almost been led to believe that maybe we shouldn't share stories with students. Teachers will still go and source a piece of material, a video perhaps, in order to introduce a topic. Rather than using video, use a story, collect them, become aware of the, the possibilities and the value that they have. And that develops trust as well between the teacher and their students. And any kind of language use has to have trust involved in that process. It cuts across other things we've talked about in teaching English. So we talk about working in crisis and emergency situations. In those sorts of situations, trust is even more important, but story can be a vehicle for helping to process some of the trauma or to explore things that otherwise wouldn't get explored. One of the ways to gain trust is to take off your mask and show your students who you are. It's a potentially powerful resource. It doesn't always work. It's not just a case of use story. It's a question of what stories to use and how to use them. Are there any strategies, multilingual strategies in specific, that you use with stories or using story in the classroom? But I would put myself into the shoes of a, a language learner myself to answer that question. And, I, and I, I, I've learned or developed my storytelling skills in English, but I do find that it's transferable. So if I want to tell a story in Spanish... Um, it, it's a question of preparation, and I, I find that to be a very fulfilling and rewarding thing to do, is to be able to take a story I, I know to tell in English and prepare it in Spanish. And so really what I'm doing is just trying to give a good storytelling performance uh, in uh, the same, as good as a performance as it is in Spanish as it would be in English. If you, for example, in your work, if you were to tell a story in English and then you tell the same story in Spanish, do you do things differently when you tell it in Spanish? Are you more, for example, experimental or how, how does it work? My inclination to say no, it'd be the same. I mean, it's all, I think it's very, I think it's very common for people to say that they become somebody else when they, they speak another language. Um, for me, I tend to stay the same person. And I, if I do find myself becoming something else, it's usually a person who's more frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to give any piece of advice to teachers who are, who want to use story more, thinking about it, but a little bit unsure about what, how they should approach it, what would you say to them? What would you say to them to encourage them to, to use story more in their teaching? Well, I think any teacher that feels that way has probably already got some experiences under their belt. And I think sometimes what teachers feel is that these moments cannot be planned or prepared for. And I think that, in fact, they can. Recognize them, collect them, and importantly, um, develop them. The last thing here is that it's not about not necessarily, I should say, but being spontaneous and improvising. The the, the key to, to to success here is preparation. Um, good storytellers make that part completely, well, it's invisible, but un, not apparent either. And that's an illusion. Every great story here is the result of a craft 
preparation and a lot of careful consideration to structure language choices and meaning and purpose, you know. And the last thing, if I can give you one more thing, is don't go for the remarkable. Try and find the stories which are unremarkable but meaningful because they're the ones that will be um, relatable. You don't want to go in and impress your students and, and blow them away. They'll be impressed, but where where do they come back from that, you know? We need to allow them the space to breathe and to add their own ideas and thoughts into that. Exactly. Fantastic. Jamie, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you so much to both of you. Thank you. Our thanks to Jamie for sharing his views on using story to teach English language. Wayam, your thoughts on the interview? He made a distinction between using story and storytelling, and I thought that was very important. When you think about it as a storytelling, you think about it in a more traditional way and conventional manner. But when you think about it as everything around me is a story, so you're using story, I think it is easier for the audience to relate to it and be able to work with it to improve their language. And it also opens up the possibilities, I think, as well. If you think everything is story then as Jamie said, it becomes more of a an approach rather than a thing or a goal in itself. If your mind is open to this, then you are you are ready to respond within a lesson if the opportunity arises. And I think again, so it links to things like flexibility, listening to your students, going with what they're interested in, tapping into what they really want to talk about. And these are all the sort of some of the good teaching techniques that we that we try and promote within the field of ELT. And for second language speakers, language can get complicated. For sometimes when teachers teach the narrative tenses, for example, you cannot teach it with resources other than storytelling or using story because that makes students realize the meaning behind the tenses. Absolutely. And I think the other thing I really liked what Jamie was saying is that story should be seen as something in its own right, not just as something that can be used as a piece of text to teach language or grammar or whatever it may be exploited for comprehension questions, but it's actually something by itself. It's something that we should strive for itself. Definitely. And using those ideas, we now go to our field report. And our field report this time is from the same place as we visited in episode three at the Oasis Centre in Cardiff, but this time with a different group of participants. Now, as you'll hear, the Oasis Centre is a very busy, multi-purpose place. So you will not only hear the sound of snooker balls hitting each other, but also washing machines in action and the loud cries of some of the younger members. If at any time you can't hear what is being said, please remember a full transcript is available. And here we talk to Lizzie and her class about storytelling. Teaching English with the British Council. We have, um, we have a guest in our class today. Okay. This is Chris. Hi, hello. He is recording a session um, to go on a podcast. Uh, that's fine. Knows me. My name is Lizzie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We met you before. 
Yes, we've met before. Yeah. Okay, so today we have a story. I'm Lizzie, Lizzie Fairgate. I am an ESOL volunteer here. I think um, the storytelling sessions are effective for a few reasons. Partly because they are fun <laughs> and everyone really enjoys them. So it's a way of just creating an entertaining class. And it suits a lot of different levels because people who are quite advanced learners can come and just enjoy the story and they can maybe pick up on some of the more advanced grammatical structures or um, the more yeah, complex uh, linguistic aspects but yeah we'll enjoy this story the same way as the people who are complete beginners who will enjoy the story and maybe pick up on a few key words so you, it's, you, yeah, it suits a, a very mixed level class. The storytelling class that we do um, follows the same kind of structure usually where um, we choose a traditional story sometimes from Wales a lot we have a lot from Wales um, but also from anywhere around the world and um, start off by showing pictures that illustrate the story so usually about uh, six to ten pictures and each one shows a different part and as you go through showing one picture at a time that draws out uh, the narrative of the story and then highlights different aspects of vocabulary. What can you see from the story? Family. Yeah. Family, yeah. Yeah, the gift. Gift, yeah, good one. So we've got the family here. Yeah. And these are two brothers. Okay. Ah, two brothers. What you This brother is rich. Okay. All right. And this poor. one is poor. 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 Yeah, poor. The poor brother has a big family. Oh. He has seven children. Oh, oh my God. God. So, <laughs> once everyone has kind of got an idea of the bare bones of the story, um, as a teacher, we then do a full narration. He says to the wind, Why? Why? You've blown my flower away. What am I going to do now? And the wind says, Oh, don't worry. It's okay, don't worry, it's fine. I'm, I'm so sorry I blew the flower away. I will give you a gift. Gift, because I'm sorry. And the gift is a tablecloth. Oh, right. <laughs> this is always done. This is always done. Always, yeah. Always, yeah. Hello. 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 I help you. Yeah. The rich brother. Right. He brings back the magic goat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he brings back the magic tablecloth. How's everything now? Not everything is. Everything is good in the end. <laughs> now the family. They have plenty of money. They have plenty of food. Family. They're not hungry anymore. Yeah. 
Everyone is fat. Everyone is happy. That's the end. <laughs> Do you like it? And then after that we'll ask the students to work in pairs or little groups and tell the story back to each other which then gives them a chance to practice the language that they just heard. So now can we work together on uh, your tables and tell the story together? We show the text of the story um, and let people read it by themselves, uh, highlighting new vocabulary that's come out of the text that wasn't maybe in the initial telling. Um, and then we'll go through that vocabulary all together uh, and people can take turns reading the story aloud. And then at the end, we'll invite someone, or usually two people together, to come up to the front and tell the story to the class. Okay, everyone. So, generous. Poor man. What does it mean? The person who gives a lot. Exactly, yeah. Someone who gives a lot. So, which brother is it? The poor one. Poor brother. Stingy. Yeah. No, no, the, the rich, the rich one. The rich brother. Yeah. This one is stingy. Can everyone say stingy? Stingy. Stingy. Stingy, stingy. stingy is. Stingy. What does it mean? The person who don't like to spend. Money. Yeah, exactly. The stories are complex enough to mean that people can relate in different ways. I think it's effective as well because people have a kind of emotional identification with the story um, and it helps, it really helps you to remember the words that you've learnt because they're connected to, to different feelings. It gives them a chance to, um, to express themselves really. It gives people a way of connecting with the others in the class because you've just shared a kind of common experience where you've, you've all heard the same story but you've got different opinions about it. We can all, it just yeah provides that discussion and means of connecting to um, to the other people in the class. Should we have a break? Ten minutes? No. Yes. No. <laughs> that was absolutely fantastic, and you can see how students were so thrilled. They didn't want to leave the class, and I liked how she elicited language after telling the story. Like the rich brother is stingy. So it was kind of, it was a chance for the teacher to explore more words with the students or to test their knowledge on of certain words. She was very good, I think, at giving prompts rather than telling them the language, guiding them towards it rather than giving them the language. I think you can use story in different ways. In one of my classes, I used to show a visual prompt for students. So I would show them a picture, it's not of myself, of someone, and I would tell them, you need to make a story out of this and you need to start with, this is me when, and they would build on that visual. It was used as a cue to make a story. And I found that very enriching for their learning. Absolutely. And I think sometimes just giving students those stems, those prompts, and it can lead to all sorts of weird and wonderful language, things that you had no idea that they knew. And the great thing in that situation is that if they don't know the words in the target language, they will ask you 
for the words and that's where they can really develop that rich language the language they want to use and they won't stay within that safe language they'll go beyond they'll push themselves and that as we know is where really good language acquisition takes place yeah and that element also of curiosity what's going to happen next what should i say what does that mean i think that all builds up and makes them you know they they want to learn more about this topic and they want to improve their language absolutely and it's a really powerful message for you as teacher to give to students to say that because in their everyday lives that sort of curiosity may not be encouraged you know it may you know they may be so focused on doing well in exams and being a good son or daughter or whatever it may be that actually they aren't allowed to explore some of those ideas, those weirder and more wonderful kind of areas. And the English language classroom, I, I really think, can be a space where we can allow that to happen and let it flourish. Yes, and I uh, saw that when students flourish, they're very happy and you can see that their personality even changes once you give them that confidence. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to episode five of Teaching English with the British Council, how we can use story to teach English. Please join us next time for episode six, how and why should we teach English in crisis and emergency situations? Goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Teaching English with the British Council series two is hosted by Wiam Hamdan and Chris Souten. The producer is Elizabeth Dyer. Executive producer, Chris Dyer, Salsan Abukara, is the Arabic language consultant. Hopefully one day I too will transform from an ugly caterpillar into a butterfly, but that's, I think, many years to you're come always in the future. An, you're always a butterfly, well, Chris. Well, I mean, come a on. social butterfly, maybe. <laughs> Thank you, Wayab. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Teaching English with the British Council.